podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of Courtside Fracas. Today I'm joined by Greg. How are you, Greg? I'm doing well, man. And I'm joined Can't by Neil. How are you, Neil? I'm good, man. We've just been the beat down in the New York Knicks, you know. Okay, give it a rest. Just so you know, disclaimer, we're not going to be talking about that game this episode. I'm not talking about it, I can't be honest. All right, cool. So, before we get into uh, the games from Sunday to Tuesday, uh, we'll just go over a little bit of NBA news um, that popped up over the last couple of days. So, the first thing I wanted to personally talk about is the trade rumours of Christoph Pazingas that the Mavs are looking to dump him before the, before the deadline, uh, potentially to the Warriors, I heard, but I don't know how reliable that Not is. happening, Yeah. <laughs> So, basically, what I want to ask you guys, um, both of you open forum, is why do you think the Mavs are looking to trade Porzingis? One, that's question number one. And two, uh, did the Knicks win this trade? The answer is yes, but you can answer for yourself. They want to trade him because he's trash. <laughs> there's, no, there's, it, no two, it, there's no Speak two ways it. about it. He's um, <laughs> he suffered the injury. I can't remember what injury it was now. Um, was AC, he's come ACL, back. ACL, right? He's come ACL. back. He's less explosive. Um, you know, when he was <laughs> when he was younger, he's still young, but when he was younger in his next days, you saw a little bit of, of explos- explosiveness out of him, you know, the putback slams, things of that nature. Um, he was aggressive, like it didn't matter who was guarding him, he was taking it to them. You know, I remember when Dwight Howard was guarding him and he was going right at him. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, uh, young and fearless, shall we say, to an extent. And now, um, you know, he, he doesn't have that same explosion under him. His legs don't seem to be under him. Defensively, he's not there, and offensively, he's just he's just shooting threes. You know, he's got a little bit of a post fade away. Yeah. You know, yeah, the Mavs and as a team aren't really great at shooting threes, and, and he kind of echoes that. Um, so yeah, he's he's a seven foot three shooting guard, and he and he can't rebound. Literally. So I don't blame the Mavs for um, for shopping him. Greg, you're Greg. The music. This is music to my ears. I'm here right now. This is me. What do you think about this about this situation? Um, yeah, man. I mean, he's been pretty bad on defense. Um, I think like his net rating when he's playing with him has like 119. So mm. a defensive rating, which is terrible. Um, yeah. I mean, like before he was at the Knicks, and when he came to the Mavs first came, and then when he played in the bubble last year, he was averaging like 30 points a game. He was like really good at like protecting the rim, um, and he moved his feet well on defense and like defended the pick and roll well. But now this year, he's just been absolutely. I'm like a non-factor in defense. He's been absolutely awful. And considering the Mavs this year, they traded the way they're shooting um, and scoring ability to try and show the defence. Mm. And then their second best player doesn't play good defence. Yeah. It's a bit of a sticky one. So, um, And then I heard rumours that they're trying to... I'm looking at like, I'm Andre, like, I'm Drummond and I thought, wow, and that's, a huge, that's a huge transition from Porzingis <laughs> to him. So, yeah, man, I mean, like, um, his value is pretty low right now. So, I don't think they'll so, trade like, him. Well, it's the thing. So... Like you say, his value is low. I think his contract is uh, 30 million a year, pretty much. Um, yeah, it's a lot, man. A like, who's, oh, who's taking that on right now? Especially because, like, he's never you know, been, been in the NBA for five seasons, never had a fully fit season. Um, I'm pretty seven sure. Seven foot three. Like, seven foot three, exactly. It's only going to get, probably going to get worse from here. Yeah. Like, what do you do? Also, the next one this trade, but what do you do if you're the man? Like, um, yeah, being, being a big man that, that suffers an injury. I feel like they never really quite come back the same. Mm. Um, and for him to suffer such an injury like that so early in his career is quite a shame because for the few you know moments that we saw him 
healthy, he he looked like he was nice. So like, if you're the Mavs, how do you how do you make this work? That if if you are the Mavs and you've got his contract on your roster right now, you're performing the way you are. They're doing okay in the West. Um, they might make the playoffs. Like, do you think we need to trade him to get another piece around Luca, or do you pers- persevere with him? I think you firm it because I don't think the Mavs. Be, uh, 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 look, I mean, if they sell him now or like trade him now, they're not going to get the value for him that they would want or hope for. Mm. And I don't think they're the sort of team that's going to attract like a big star in free agency. So I think their best bet here, to be honest, is to keep him and hope that he gets back to the level that they want him to be at because um, mm. they kind of went all in on him. And I don't really see another way around it for them at the moment. So, yeah. Yeah, if they if they shop him, I don't think they're going to get anything close to what they want back in return. Mm. Um, but then you have to look at it from the other side. The longer they keep him, the, you could argue that the more his value plummets, although yeah. it is already quite low right now. Yeah. Um, the Mavs, as you said, they're, they're ninth in the West. Um, I believe one of the last times I was on, they were like second to last in the West. So it just goes to show how quickly things can change, mm. especially in this uh, COVID-ridden season. But... Um, I mean, do I see them making the playoffs? There's an outside chance. Uh, I don't know yeah. what's going to happen in the second half of the season. Um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, who they would want to go after to pair with Luka um, because defensively, this team this team is a sieve. So I mm-hmm. think if you're going to trade Pozingis, you need to go after defence and um, just, just settle with the offence that you already have. Huh. is isn't yeah. bad. You know, it's not excellent, the offensive yeah, team. Exactly, yeah. The maps, but yeah. it's not terrible. I mean, they can't shoot the three, we know that much, but... It, it, they're not, you know, twentieth and below in terms of offense in the league. So, I think defense is really their biggest issue. Mm. I agree. Cool. So yeah, Pazinkas is trash. Um, but <laughs> moving on. Um, so the Rockets have waived Boogie Cousins. Um, so I think that's his. I want to say his third team in as many years, but I could be wrong. Um, so like what? So similar to last week when we were talking about Andre Drummond, and like what sort of market is there for a player like him? What sort of market is there, or is there any market now for a player like Boogie Cousins who is effectively kind of washed now? I mean, it's a small yes. salary he's got, isn't it? It's not particularly a big salary. It's yeah. probably like um, he probably like a role player that yeah. comes off the bench, sort of thing. Um, and I saw that there were rumours that he'd go to the Lakers, um, but he doesn't really offer anything different from Mark Gasol at the moment. Like they average pretty much everything the same in all the major stats. And like mm. Boogie, he's not particularly a good defender. He's finishing around the rim. He's pretty shit this year, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, he's probably like, an, he's probably like a luxury for a team that can afford to take him on. Or like someone that's desperate to make like a move to see if they can try and like maximise his potential, like basically whatever he has left. But yeah, mm. yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame to, it's a shame for him to be honest. Yeah, just um, kind of, kind of repeating the same story with, um, with Paul Zingas, like, Started his career obviously with the Kings, uh, played six or seven seasons there, uh, was an all star, went to the Pelicans with AD, and then the injuries kind of really started. Mm-hmm. Was at Golden State, now moved to the Rockets. Um, he's coming off the bench the majority of the time. He did have like a random 30 point game a few weeks ago, just out of the blue. <laughs> but aside from that random outburst, he's, he's not been great this season. Mm-hmm. Again, he's like 6'11, just really there just to shoot threes and, you know, for vibes. Has never been a good defender. Um, you know, he's, he's a big body, but not yeah. necessarily a great defender. Uh, 
for giving him. Uh, it's quite clear that they're going in the direction of Christian Wood now, um, yeah. as, as kind of their their centerpiece. Um, I don't know what team it kind of needs Bookie Cousins. I hope he gets picked up by a team, but I wouldn't be um, surprised if he if he isn't picked up by a team for for a while. Mm. Fair enough. Okay, so let's move on to some slightly more interesting business. Uh, the All Star reserves have been picked for the East and West. So what I'm going to do is for you two, I'm going to name the All-Star East and All-Star West reserves and their stat lines. And then you can tell me if you think overall that the selections are about right or if there are any snubs that you, that you think are particularly uh, pertinent in this situation. So let's start with Jalen Brown. Uh, so he's averaging 25, 5 and 4. Celtics are sixth in the East. James Harden is averaging 25, 8 and 11. He's leading the league in assists and the Nets are second in the East. Zach Levine is having a career year. He's averaging 28, 5 and 5. The Bulls are eighth in the East, which shocks me completely because they're, they're shit. Um, Julius Randle, my guy, averaging 23, 11 and 5. The Knicks are soaring high. It's seventh in the East. We're doing, doing bits. We're going all the way. Uh, ben you are the you are the Bill Simmons of the Knicks. You know that, right? You can't hide your bias, even if you even if you are paid to. <laughs> I got to support my guys, man. You know, I think this is the first time we've had an All Star in. I don't even know how long. Probably since Melo, I would imagine. Yeah, since Melo and Stoudemire. Yeah, crazy. Um, so yeah, Ben Simmons also picked a Philly first in the East. He's averaging fifteen, eight, and eight. Jason Tatum is averaging twenty six, seven, and four. The Celtics are sixth in the East as well. Like I said earlier. And Nikola Vucevic, who's averaging 24, 11, and 3, and the Magic are 12th in the East. So, of those people in the East, is there anyone who you think has been snubbed, or do you think everyone in there deserves it? Greg, I'll come um, to I mean, I've seen a lot of people using the word snub, obviously, over the last 24, 36 hours um, in regards to the All-Star guys. It's tough. Um, there's always going to be more players that you want to see in the All-Star game that, than is possible to fit on the roster. Um, I think especially this year, you know, it's been kind of like a bubble 2.0 situation because there's so many guys just putting up ridiculous numbers um, that if you just look at it from a numbers perspective, then you can look at it and say, well, this player is averaging X, Y, Z and not, not on the All-Star team. And it sounds crazy, but there's also a bunch of other guys putting up crazy numbers. Um, some of the noticeable misses for me in the East, Sabonis and Trey Young. Um, I mean you've got to find that balance between it's an all-star game and guys that deserve it. In terms of it's an all-star game and for entertainment value, I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that Sabonis isn't in the all-star game. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, last time he was in the all-star game, he put up two points. So yeah, again, I'm not going to lose sleep over that. Trey Young is having a, a good season. Um, you know, individually wise, I know the Hawks are kind of struggling. They're 11th in the East. Mm -hmm. um, you would have probably liked to see him in the all-star game, like his three-point shooting ability and whatnot. He's putting up like what probably close to thirty a game, um, but again, like it's it's a tough it's a tough roster to make, especially from the guard spot. I mean, who who do you take out? That's the way I look at it. So like Trey Young isn't in All Star reserves, but uh, you know, take out Zach Levine, not not for me. Uh, take out James Harden, definitely not. You know, what other guards do you take out? Take out Jalen Brown? No, thank you. Nee, what are your thoughts? I'm kind of the same to be honest. Like I think maybe the only one that you can think that I'm content sort of might be Randall for Sabonis, really. What? Um it's got on Because like, I'm the averaging similar stats and Sabonis playing a better team. His, his team's got a better record. And he, he beats Randall in every stats Marginally. apart from points. But I mean, 
You said part of the no. point. It's the most important one. Yeah, it's not, but okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to campaign for um for Sabonis, to be honest. I'm like, Greg yeah. said, because I, st- I I really don't care that much, to be honest. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's probably like the only one. So I think the East is actually fine. What about uh, Bam at the bar? Any chance of him getting in there? Yeah. From, from the entertainment value, I would have liked to see Bam. Um, definitely over Sabonis, if we're, if mm. we're talking uh, stumps, again, from an entertainment value. Uh, from an individual standpoint, I think Sabonis has had a, a more successful season. Um, yeah. But again, the Heat have kind of been ravaged by COVID and whatnot. Uh, Bam has still had a great season, but I think the Pacers are, are um, you know, playing well this season. Um, I disagree with your point, Nia, about um, uh, Sabonis over Randall. Sabonis has the luxury of actually having pieces around him on that mm, team, speak you know, Brogdon, mm. Miles Turner, um, Randall, what he's doing with the Knicks and also just how trash the Knicks have been as of late. To see Randall doing that, um, I think definitely warrants an all-star appearance. Phenomenal. But Phenomenal look, yeah, and that's why I don't really get an all-star selection because it, it just seems to be an argument for never someone to say something that they use an, an argument or use it for or against. Because like last year when Bill was putting up mad numbers and a really shit Wizards team, you had like Chris Middleton making the team. And I mean, Chris Middleton's not a better player than Bradley Bill, right. but he still yeah. made the all-star team because obviously the Bucs were the best team in the NBA, like on record-wise. So, mm. I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's just like one of those ones where... It's because the, the all-star game is so... The, the Whoever makes the team is so loosely defined. It's not, yeah, exactly, necessarily, yeah. the, it's not necessarily the best players. It's like a mix between the best and the most popular yeah. And also the narrative that fits within their team, who yeah, else do they have on their team, and so on and so forth. So, you know, Jameer Nelson and Mo Williams made all-star teams in their career, but we know it's because of Dwight Howard and LeBron James. So, you know, it, it is what it is, and it's never going to change. <laughs> how much stock do you guys put in the um, how good your record is compared to what the player's putting up? How much of an impact should that have on if you pick it, it, de- it depends on which player. So, like, as Nye mentioned... Uh, Bradley Beal last season like was putting up 30 a game but the Wizards didn't really have that great of a record whereas like um, who could I use like Bam for example isn't playing I don't think as good as Beal was last season but the Heat are playing as a team better than the Wizards were last season Mm. but yeah I I wouldn't look at Bam and say he's an all-star snub quote-unquote so yeah it's a little bit unfair but that's life I guess that's just the way it goes yeah exactly Okay, so moving I'm on to happy, West. I'm just happy that uh, Levine is on the team because he's been yeah, same 100. Yeah, he's been balling out. He's been balling out this year. I'm annoyed I didn't get him in my fantasy team. I'm not gonna lie. Um, yeah, man, I got him. Sorry, man. Yeah, you suck. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to the West. Um, so for the West, uh, I've got Anthony Davis, who is injured, but um, still got picked. He's putting up 22, eight, and three, and the Lakers are third in the West. And then you've got Paul George, who's averaging 24, six, and five. Um, the Clippers are second in the West. And Paul George is shooting 50% from the field and 48% from three. So he's having a really good season shooting-wise. Yeah. Um, we've got Rudy Gobert, which... Oh God. We've got Rudy Gobert, who's putting up 14 <laughs> and 13. Um, obviously, the Jazz are first in the West, so you're going to have to have the, some players from that team. Um, he's leading the league in double-doubles. Uh, you've got Damian Lillard, who's averaging 29, 4 and 8. A lot of people are arguing that he should be starting, but that's something I suppose we can talk about uh, in a second. The... Trailblazers are sixth in the West and there's no Nurkic, no CJ or no Zach Collins, so he's doing pretty well in that regard. Then we've got Donovan Mitchell, averaging 24-4-5 with Utah, who are first in the West. Chris Paul, averaging 16-4-8 with the Suns, who are fourth in the West. And Zion Williamson, who's averaging 25-7-3, and 
shooting 65% from the field and 35% from three. Um, his first selection. Um, but the Pelicans are seventh. I mean, seventh. Pelicans are 11th in the West. So, any thoughts on those selections? Uh, Nia, I'll start with you. Um, I think the biggest one that people, people keep like, complaining about um, is Booker. Yeah. Um, they keep saying that he's the most like, disrespected player in the league, which is what they always say. I mean, that's yeah. what, I mean, for goodness sake, bro, it's an all-star selection. It's not really that deep. Yeah. I don't think he's that disrespected. And I think a lot it, of people it, argue... It is that deep when, when you're missing out on that paper. <laughs> True. True. <laughs> I mean, I, I, think, I think he's getting enough money anyway, man. I mean, what is it like? What, like half a mil or whatever? That's nothing to him, man. What do you mean that's nothing to him? I, I, to I want him? your paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. half, half a mil is half a mil. I don't care who it is. But I mean, well, look, if you look at the Suns, I think a lot of people would argue that Chris Paul's probably been the most influential, like best player this year. Yeah. And obviously, he's older. He's he's he's, he's a vet. He's been in the league for a while. Um, so maybe that's that part of the narrative as well. And he he did a really good job with OKC last year as well. Can I ask um, you a question quickly? Like, Sorry. Yeah. Oh no, it's really quickly. If Chris Paul wasn't Chris Paul, let's mm-hmm. say he's he's a random random geezer. Let's say it's Lonzo Ball. Yeah. Um, yeah. Averaging sixteen four and eight, and for a team that's fourth in the West, is he getting mm-hmm. something? No. So this is um, now this is the gender slightly. No, mm. it is it is a gender base, but that, that that's the that's the all star game, isn't it? It's yeah. based on the gender. It depends who it is, and it depends on their team. Okay, like you got you got. I know you said if Chris Paul's not Chris Paul, but you got to put it into context because was averaging sixteen eight and four this yeah. season. He's averaging sixteen eight and four, and he's on his his sixteenth year in the league. Yeah. So like I know we talk about LeBron and his longevity, and and for obvious reasons, is in year eighteen is putting up whatever he's doing, whatever he's putting up. But Chris Paul this season has been like, just, he, he can play this way until he's 40 years old. Like mm. his game doesn't rely on athleticism. He's got higher basketball IQ. Uh, passing is just, you know, one of the best ever. Looks after the ball well. Um, you know, we talk about like Kyrie Irving and, and like Jamal Crawford and those type of guys when it comes to their handles. But from a fundamental standpoint, like handles is always about just taking care of the basketball. And, you know, mm. his... His lack of turnovers and his passing and his assists is just, you know, again, he, he can play like this until he's 40 years old. Um, so just like what he's been doing this season, I think has been has been great and rightfully so that he's an all-star reserve. Okay. I didn't mean for that to turn into like a CP3 love fest. I no, I just have, have to get off my yeah, chest. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I'm not going to lie. I didn't mean that, that backfired him still. I'm not going to lie. All right. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, Nick, so to continue, is there anyone else who... Um, um, oh yeah, and then um, there's Zion. Um, okay, yeah, he's been really good this year, um, but I think that one's maybe a little bit forced. I think okay. Bi has been the best player for the Pelicans this year, and he's mainly the player they go to in the fourth when they need a bucket or they're trying to close out a game. Um, yeah, Obi, just and, just write just write down this this timestamp. This is the section I'm I'm clipping and sending to Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, I know you're listening. <laughs> I mean, like, Amzan's been good this year, but I think that like, I think Bi has been the best team, uh, not best team, the best player for the Pelicans. So, if anyone was deserving of it, I would have given it to him. But I'm not going to contend it again. I mean, like, I'm pretty happy to see Zan in that All Star game. Yeah, I think they yeah, got him in there. They tried to get him in there last year, I swear. <laughs> like people were rallying for him to be in it last year. Yeah, man, they were uh, taking the piss, man. <laughs> yeah, because they just they just people just want because he's an exciting, exciting player. People just want to see him in the game. Yeah, he's got like, bounce in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, definitely you want to see Zion in the All-Star game. Um, in terms of, well, snubs or guys that missed it from the West, 
I think, yeah, a lot of people are talking about Booker. Um, to me, Booker hasn't really been... He's been good this season, don't get me wrong. He hasn't been great level, and he hasn't been, like, uh, had, like, a, a marked improvement like guys like Tatum and Brown um, that we've seen this season. He's been a little bit inconsistent. Um, you know, the first kind of half of the half of the season that we're in, he was play, probably playing, like, below average, average level... He stepped up in the second half of this half of the season. Um, yeah. But I can't really look at him and, and, and again, lose sleep over the fact that he's not an all-star um, reserve. Because, again, who do you take out from the guard spot? You know, Chris Paul, I talked about him previously. PG has been playing exceptional. Lillard is, has been, you know, balling with, uh, you know, two or three guys in his in his roster uh, injured. Donovan Mitchell is, is the starting shooting guard on a team that's number one in the, in the West and in the NBA. So... Who do you who do you take out for Booker? Um, Conley is another guy that was hoping to make the All Star team this season. Yeah, unfortunately didn't. Yeah, unfortunately didn't. But you know it is what it is. Um, kind of the same point there. Who do you take out? Uh, and then lastly, who I think is someone that um, was snubbed and isn't being talked about as much is Demar Derozan because the Spurs are, are fifth in the West. He's been playing very good this season. Um, defense has been a bit, little bit shaky at times, um, but it's all around has has been great. Um, and like I said, like fifth in the West, um, he is someone that I thought would have an outside chance of making the um, the uh, the All Star roster this year. But of course, like the Spurs aren't really one of the the most watched teams in the leagues. I mean, no, it comes down to to being a popularity contest. So I'm not surprised to not see him on the All Star roster, but it would have been nice for him to be uh, to be there. Who would you have taken out for him? Again, I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, another thing quickly I want to get on to is, um, so Luka Doncic was picked in the starting five for the All-Star West team. Um, and he said that, basically he said that um, Dame Lillard should have been picked over him. So I want I to know what, yeah. okay. So I want to I know what's you guys' well. thoughts on that. Okay, cool. See he seems to be, he's cool. on a side note, he seems to be quite honest and open about these kind of mm. things because, when people were talking about his name for MVP, it was like, no, I'm not in the conversation. So it's actually refreshing to see a player give credit where it's due to other guys around the league um, so openly as well. Maybe he just wants to relieve some pressure off himself. Maybe yeah. he's feeling it a little bit. But um, just quickly, actually, sorry, I just wanted to mention this um, just as a little side note. So after this, uh, the West um, reserves was announced, um, John Morant tweeted just, damn, <laughs> So, like, <laughs> I want to know, do you guys think that this is related to All-Star and he thinks he should be an All-Star? Or do you yeah, think 100%. Nice relief. He's, yeah. he's averaging 20 and 8, which is which is decent. Um, but he's shooting, like, I don't know, 20% from three or something like that. So, like, and I think the Grizzlies are... Where are the Grizzlies? In the They're 10th in the West. They're 10th. So, like, does he have any sort of claim, do you think, to be talking about All-Star? No, I'm not at all. And that's what I thought the two was kind of funny. Because, like, bro, I mean, like, I'm not sure what you expect. Um, your records aren't that great. And like, um, he's been good this year, to be fair. But I wouldn't say he's been particularly um, that much better than anyone that's made the All-Star team. So I'm like, that's when it starts yeah. to get a bit silly. Like, people just complain for no reason. I mean, it almost seems like. And um, it's just like, 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 there's only so many sports just get over it sort of thing. But yeah. I've seen some people saying that they should expand the roster. Like, maybe add another two or three spots. But... I mean, I'm not against it, but at the same time, that does mean it's taking away minutes from probably yeah, some of the more exactly. premier guys that other people mm -hmm. want to see. You know, I can't imagine LeBron giving up five to ten minutes in the All-Star game so that, you know, 
Sabonis can can shoot from the low post. <laughs> I don't want to see. <laughs> I don't want to see Rudy Gobert play a game as it is. Like, no, nah, neither do I. Man. Boy, it is what it is, isn't it? So, like, if you wanted, I, I would just watch. Um, I, to be honest, I would watch uh, an All Star game with all guards. <laughs> like, I just, I don't, I don't want to see any big men in these All Star exactly games. Exactly, I speaking as well. Just I just now. don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care at all. Um, okay, so uh, moving on to the games from Sunday to Tuesday. So the first game we're going to talk about is the Nets beating the Clippers, 112 to 108. Um, so the Nets are on a winning streak and their offensive rating is through the charts. I think even, I think it was posted in the group chat earlier, just like the different iterations of their big three, just like on the oh, Harden yeah. on his own, Curry on his own, Durant on his own, and all of them together and not together. And every offensive rating was just crazy. So um, my question to you, Nee, is... Um, how scary do the Nets look right now? And that team just looks so good, man. Like, like they got things figured out. Like, Mahalo's at the main ball handler. And I have to say, um, it's been so fun watching Harden recently. Mm. Um, it's it's so much better than watching his Houston days when he just kind of controlled everything and everything was, like, a lot slower paced and it was a bit obvious what he was going to do. But now when he's on the Nets, like, he's in control of what he's doing and he was at Houston. But now it's, it's a bit more regulated. Um um, his floater game is insane. Um, he, like, under way he like controls the pace of the game. He gets so many of his like players like good and open looks. Um, the Nets look scary, man. Like, um, they have so many options, and like, if you try and close out on them, and like, I'm um, double team and Harden or Kyrie, then you leave a shooter open like Joe Harris. Yeah. Um, so it's like pick your poison sort of thing. thing as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely insane. So yeah, I'm um, that team. It's probably gonna come out of the East. Um, and depending on who they match up with in the West, they could go and win it all this year, to be honest. Mm. Greg, thoughts? Um, I mean, yeah, like, the, it, it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you, you add that much firepower to a team, people want to see them win, like, 25 games at once. And it's like, yo, they need some time to, to gel. Um, even now, the, the, the big three have played probably, what, 10? Approximately 10 games together. And mm. there's, well, like, 30 games into the season. So I don't even really think they've hit their, their fifth gear yet, no. fifth gear yet, so to speak. Um, yeah. You know, KD's being out and, and Kyrie's being out and so on and so forth. Um, in terms of takeaways from the game, the first quarter, first half, DeAndre Jordan was, I was screaming at him again. Like, <laughs> he's still lazy on box outs, on closeouts, especially in the NBA today where you have so many people that, so many guys that just pad their stats to get rebounds. Like, you can't even be bothered to pad your stats. Like, come on. <laughs> you know, like, if Westbrook and Luka can get 10 rebounds just for the sake of getting a triple-double, you can at least do it to try and help your team. Um, and then he just flipped a switch. I don't know what was said to him at halftime or whatever, but that second half, he was <laughs> he was looking like prime Moses Malone or something because just defensively, he had back-to-back -back blocks in the fourth quarter, uh, had a nice clutch putback. Um, just improved massively in the second half. If DeAndre can play, not necessarily at that level for every game, because I don't think that's sustainable, but if he can play with that sort of mentality, it's just 65, 70% of that mentality for, you know, the rest of the season and the playoffs, then the Nets are looking like a, a, a more complete team, should we say. Um, Harden, he spoke about, he's just a cheat code. I mean, I'm just going to leave it there. Like, <laughs> he's just ridiculous. Um, he's really free from his days at Houston. Um, and a lot of people kind of got onto him for how he was playing at Houston, but I always thought that it was just, he was being told to play that way. I mean, if you had watched him develop from like OKC to his early days in Houston, 
and how he was playing in his later days in Houston, you could see it was night and day. So it's good to see him go back to playing basically a more natural, organic form of basketball. Um, and his passing is just ridiculous. Um, in the Clippers game, the Nets actually played great defense. Um, just pick and roll. When, when the Clippers ran pick and roll, they were just switching everything and really forced the Clippers into a lot of one-on-one isolation play. Um, and then that call right at the end with Kawhi, I, I felt was definitely the right call. Um, mm. I know Harden did flop and did exaggerate, but Kawhi did extend his elbow, albeit not fully. It wasn't like a full-on stiff arm like an American football player, um, mm. but definitely uh, the right call from the referees. Well, he's a superstar, man. You should get away with that. Um, nah. You said that, but there was a play in the Lakers game where like, LeBron, he was, clear, he was clear, quite clean in the offensive foul, and he totally like, got away with that. And it's like the last 10 seconds of the game as well. Yeah, but there's, but there's LeBron calls and then the superstar calls. <laughs> there's, there's levels to it. <laughs> um, and on your point, sorry, on your point on Joe Harris, he's shooting uh, in terms of three-point percentage from the corner, 52, 53% first in the NBA. Above the break is 49% first. Wide open, you're shooting 59% first. And catch and shoot is shooting 56%, which is first in the league. So, like, I saw a lot of Nets fans saying that they were gonna, they should trade Joe Harris for defense or trade Joe Harris for this. They are not trading Joe Harris at all. I, I promise you, <laughs> unless they're trading Joe Harris for for Anthony Davis or Joel Embiid, they're not trading him. Yeah, because when so, when ahead, when Kyrie and when Harden and when KD um, attract double teams or when they drive, they're kicking that ball out and it's getting rotated. And if it's not going to you know one of the big two two of the big three, it's going to Joe Harris in the corner for yeah. three. So, uh, Greg, I just want to ask, I think myself and a lot of um, people who are watching the Nets put a lot of emphasis on how their defence wasn't good. Um, so now that they've gone and won, I don't know, I think it's five games in a row, maybe six games in a row. Yeah. Is that, is that, um, is that lack of defence still a factor? Or is, is that something they should still be looking to improve? Or, or are they okay? Well, they, they are? They're, on, they're on a seven-game winning streak. Um, so even better than, than, than what you said. Um, I think one of the biggest changes from what you've seen now over the last six or seven games compared to um, earlier in the season and when Harden first arrived is the defense from Bruce Brown. Um, He's really been playing well. Um, The other night he had, what, 29 points in career high versus the Kings. So that's that's on the offensive side of things. But just defensively, he's been been playing really good. Um, And then, as I mentioned, DeAndre in this game, like, uh, stepped up versus the Clippers. I still think... They need to improve their defense. There's no doubt about that. Mm. But, you know, I mean, this is some all-time offense that we're watching. Three guys average 25 or more. You know, <laughs> defense is important and defense does win championships. But if yeah. there was a team that, you know, could get away with having a poor defense because of their offense, I mean, it would be this team. This one. Yeah. Um, but I still do think they need to make some some uh, changes defensively. They've got Shumpert now. Uh, he played his first game last night. Um, but yeah, I still think they need to make a few moves or a move to improve defensively. Because you, you, if you're if you're the Nets, you're looking at it like, look, we're probably going to face the Lakers in the final. Let's yeah. go, let's go with the assumption that you're facing the Lakers in the final. Uh, I'm not one to bet against LeBron. And then before we get to the final, we're probably going to have to go through the Sixers and maybe the Pacers as well. And mm. the Pacers are going to have Sabonis down low, and the Sixers are going to have Embiid down low. So that's mm. two to three big men that we're going to have to face. And is DeAndre <laughs> going to be good enough to defend these guys for, for a seven-game series? I don't think so. Um, yeah. You know, Jeff Green is more of a, a stretch four, hybrid four, 
in terms of a traditional big man that can guard AD or Embiid, they don't have one. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna um, like, touch on that. I think Harden's done like a really good job of um, like I'm playing D against the big men, um, and he's done, mm. he's done it twice against the Clippers now. Um, that one in back, which had to post up and like Zubach, he does a really good job of just like forcing them to take like a bad shot or like push them away from the rim. So I think maybe, well, look, like I'm partly, I'm yesterday or it was a game on Monday night, something like that. Um, I think the Clippers kind of play into their hands because they don't really get a lot of points in the paint and they don't really mm. tackle paint a lot. Um, like they're very much like a jump shooting team. Mm. Um, and that's why I was saying, I think the Nets would be fine um, depending who they're facing the worst. And I think if they play the Lakers, they got like two top seven players I'm at worst and they're two, like I'm two big men that can play small ball, but like they're like the two best big men that play small ball. And I think if, mm. if you've got LeBron and AD um, in the paint, that's when it comes a bit more tricky because mm. then you can't just rely on DeAndre Jordan and James Harden um, and that's when things come a bit more complicated. Whereas with the Clippers, they very much play like four or five out and they don't really put much emphasis on getting points in the paint. I think they're like 18th for points in the paint. So um, that's why I think they're actually a pretty good matchup for the Clippers. And if they did play them in the finals, I think they would win. As they are right now, to be honest. So Yeah. So, Nate, I was going to ask you as well. Um, this seven-game win streak, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, this seven-game win streak has like coincided with KD being out due to, I think, COVID protocols. Or, uh, do you think that there's any chance that when he comes back, it might upset the balance a little bit? Or... Nah, just no. he's, like, no. he's like the most like seamless star <laughs> in the league. It's like I'm literally I'm him and Curry like the most seamless stars in the league. You like, put, put them in any on, team, on any, any team. Yeah, <laughs> it's alright. It doesn't matter. He's gonna get his 25, 30 points really easy in the flow of the game. Um, he's gonna be he's he's only gonna add to their defense. Like um, his help defense is fantastic. Um, and he hasn't really looked like he's lost that much of a step to be honest, which is kind of scary. So, no, it just adds more firepower to Nets to be honest. Okay. So with the Clippers, um, Greg, I'll, I'll ask you this. With the Clippers, from watching that game, do you think, what do you, if they were to meet the Nets in a final in a finals matchup, what do you think they need to add to that team to? They need to add prayer to games? their list of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> any any team that faces them needs to add prayer to their list of things to do. Like, I mean, the Clippers shoot the three well. You know, PG and Kawhi are shooting. Uh, ridiculously efficiently this this season collectively um i mean there's only so much you can do as a team i mean you're asking me to, to come up with an answer going to, to face Kyrie Harden and, and KD i'm sorry i can't just <laughs> you know snap my fingers and add lebron and ad to the roster <laughs> like fair enough fair enough so okay so moving on from there and i wish i wish i wish we had a lakers fan on to talk about to talk about their recent woes. Um, so their game in particular that we were going to talk about is the Wizards beating the Lakers in overtime, 127 to 124. The Wizards are now on a five-game winning streak. Um, Greg, I'll come to you first. So what's changed with this Wizards setup? Because obviously... Well, well, stinking. well. Look what happens when Westbrook stops shooting three-pointers. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but in all seriousness, I mean, yes, Westbrook has limited his, his three-point shots. Um, he's been taking more shots uh, inside. That's what his strength is. And um, it's coincided with the Wizards, you know, uh, or his help, sorry, the Wizards uh, win, what is it, four games now, five games now? 
think it's five. In the it was five games in a row, but they and lost they, last yeah, night. They lost last night. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so five games in a row, uh, but they lost last night. Um, in terms of the Lakers, this is really where you start to miss Dwight Howard and um, and McGee from last season. You know, of mm. course, they weren't necessarily in their primes, but having two seven footers that have long arms, um, <laughs> some of the time have have defensive intelligence and uh, can jump. Um, you know, you saw the Wizards just attack the basket relentlessly. Westbrook was getting to the hole. Beal was getting to the hole. Um, their interior defense was just lacking. Obviously, AD is is still out. Montrezl Howard is only like what six seven, six eight. He's not necessarily tall enough. Uh, Gasol is quite slow. He doesn't really move his feet defensively, uh, and the Wizards were pretty much able to take advantage of that um, just throughout the whole, throughout the uh, entire game. Uh, so yeah, Nee, what do you what are your thoughts on the game first and foremost? Um, and secondly, um, is there anything that the Lakers can do to get out of this slump that they're in? They lost four of the last five now. And to be fair, they're missing AD and they're missing Schroeder. So they're missing mm. their second and third options. Um, but apart from that, I always thought from the beginning of the season, they need to get a rim protector. Uh, yeah. Because like, I'm how I was talking about, I was talking about in the last podcast, it was on um, like, him and me that were pissed with soul. And I tried to allow him a little bit in it and like, give him a bit of leeway. But that guy is super washed, man. Like They're playing the game around <laughs> him. He's offering nothing on defense. His offense has been terrible. Yeah, that guy's an, he's, he's an absolute sloth in that liability, like protecting mm. the paint and the rim. Um, and like the Lakers, I think it's the same issue with the Clippers actually. Uh, like the Clippers gave up 60 points, I mean, the paint to the Nets, I mean, that game. And the Lakers gave up 66 to the Wizards, which is a ridiculous amount. Um, mm. and like they've gone from like I think they were sixth last year in the amount of um, like on point paints given up and the 27th mm. this year, something stupid like that. So, like, you can see that they need, like, another big man. So, I think if they can get Andreville McGee or, or like, someone of Dwight Howard's ilk to come to the Lakers, then that would be, like, a big plus for them, to be honest. But um, maybe you can't yeah, Harrell, Harrell, Harrell had four fouls in the third quarter and then five fouls in the fourth quarter. So, you like, he's trying to play defence, but he's just too undersized. Yeah, exactly, um, yeah. To it's too basket. difficult, yeah. And then, what was my other point I was going to make? Um, offensively for the Lakers, you know, their offence hasn't been... Uh, great this season, nah, especially with AD and, and Schroeder out. Like you could see in the first quarter, in the first half, the Lakers were just trying to get out in transition. So anytime there was a rebound, like LeBron's just pushing the floor and, and the rest of those guys are running. Um, but what really killed the Lakers in this game as well was turnovers, especially from LeBron. Um, mm. I felt like, you know, again, he's LeBron. It's, it's kind of hard to, to, uh, to pick against him sometimes, but he turned the ball over eight times in this game. Uh, the Wizards actually played great defense, double teaming him at the top, just yep. getting the ball out of his hands. And he did also just make a couple of bad passes. Um, and then another thing from LeBron, which I found quite odd, is that he wasn't really attacking the basket. He He's was tired, happy man. to settle for the fadeaways oh, yeah. over the yeah, over the right shoulder, over the left shoulder. Took his first free throws in the fourth quarter, which and I don't think I've ever seen a game where LeBron only gets free throws in the fourth quarter. Mm. But as you mentioned, like he, he's, he's he's tired. And uh, you know, he's in his 18th season. He's playing like what 38, 39 minutes a night. This is probably like the what third or fourth or fifth game the Lakers have gone to overtime in. Yeah. So it is to be expected. How much do you think this might affect the team come um like playoff time if LeBron is consistently playing 38, 39 minutes a game? I think it gets to the point where uh, I don't know how long AD, how much longer AD is gonna be out for. 
But I think it gets to the point where weeks. the Lakers... Geez. Yeah, I think it gets to the point where I don't think LeBron is going to win MVP this season. It looked like nah. he was going to, but if he has to have the choice between going beast mode in the regular season and getting an MVP or coasting and, and pacing himself and letting mm. the Lakers slide to maybe a fourth seed or third seed and not getting, getting the MVP, but being more fresh for playoff time, especially with that uh, shortened season, that they, shortened off season that they had, I mm. think the wise choice would be just to, just to let that MVP go. Mm. Um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they how they look over the next three or four weeks. Yeah. Um, last point, me. Should we expect the Wizards to be in playoff contention now? I mean, like the crazy thing is, and I couldn't believe it. They won five games in a row, asking at the worst team in the league, and what they're in ninth now. There's something ninth, like that. Yeah, they're thirteenth now because they lost last night. Oh shit. Oh, okay, cool. This but, is the thing about this season is like yeah. you can't you, you know by the time you listen to this pod in two weeks' time, they'll probably be fifth in the east or something. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Yeah. I mean you laugh, but the Raptors are fifth in the east now. I'm just I'm exaggerating for effect. I don't know, it's know. They were terrible like two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, you never know what's gonna happen. So um, you know, there's there's two games separating sixth from eleventh in the east right now. Mm. But like so yeah, my question being now that they're not clearly not as terrible as we thought they were, should we expect them to at least be challenging for a playoff spot? Because you've got Westbrook, who is no, although he's not the player he was, he's still a really good player. And obviously you've got Bradley Bill, who's having like a career season. Should we? Like, and to be honest, to... like on that roster when it first came together, beginning the season, I think we, like, well, I personally had them as like a top five seed at least. Because mm. um, if we go Westbrook, you got Bill, they're going to win you that like, games in the regular season easy. Um, I think they've had trouble with COVID, so Ross had COVID. He's had injuries, and I think they've made some changes to their starting lineup. So you see, you got Daniel Fdia coming off the bench now. Um, you got Rui who looks a bit more comfortable in his role now as well, and like they've opened up the paint a bit more for Westbrook. So he's not having to take these stupid jumpers, um, and he's getting a lot more looks at the rim. Um, so I think they've kind of figured it out, and I think at worst they'll get like a play-in spot. Um, but I think they should make the playoffs. To be honest. Fair enough. Not at the expense of the Knicks, hopefully. Um, <laughs> so uh, moving on to the last game that we're going to talk about today the Mavs beat the Celtics last night 110 to 107 so Greg I'll come to you first what are your thoughts on the game you gave me a little preamble before we started the pod so I know this is going to be it's going to be funny to yeah, talk about watched, so, yeah, what are your thoughts on the game I mean uh, I watched the first three quarters of the game uh, I've seen Luca's Luca's game winner um, to me I didn't find the game all that interesting uh, I don't have a whole heap of takeaways. Um, I think Luca has really picked it up um, with the Mavs uh, for this for the second half of this first half of the season. Mm. Um, the Celtics don't look good. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're like three <laughs> and seven in their last ten. Mm. Uh, Tatum and Brown are doing all that they can, but I think that defense of the Celtics really needs some work. Kemba, I'm pretty sure, is being paid to just miss shots at this point. Um, not in this game, but I think the game before he was like one for twelve from three or something. Yeah, versus, he's really inconsistent. Um, yeah, yeah. Versus the Pelicans on on, on Sunday, I think it was. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what the Celtics do in the second half of the season because I think they're even down to sixth now in the in the. What East. do you think they can do? Like, do you think they can? Do you think there's any pieces that they can move around to try and improve the team, or is it just like a pray and hope that we get better? Kemba um, needs to needs to start making some more shots. Um, he's not the Kemba that he was when he was in in Charlotte. That's clear. 
Um, you know, Tatum and Brown are, are still playing well. They're still shooting efficiently. Um, so there's not really much more I can ask of those guys. I think the number one thing for the Celtics is just interior defense, mm-hmm. um, especially if, you, if they want to make uh, a decent dent in the playoffs this year. Again, they're probably going to have to play the sixes and all the paces. Um, so they're going to have to deal with Embiid and Sabonis. And just generally, I just think that their interior defense isn't up to par. Um, Marcus Smart was out in this game versus the Mavs. So mm. you can kind of understand why their perimeter defense was lacking. But yeah, defensively, they really need some work. Nee, what are your thoughts on the game? And the Celtics, to just continue to and reaffirm what I think and what Yas has been saying to begin the year, they did us a really average team. Like they're pretty much averaging almost like every single stat. Um, I think isn't that more probably... quickly, sorry, before you, before you continue, isn't that, isn't that nuts though? Because we're like, when you think about like a couple of years ago, well, not, not mm-hmm. even a couple of years ago, maybe like 18 months ago, how much people were praising the Celtics for like the, all their draft picks and all the decisions they made and blah, 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 how good Brad Stevens, the coach is, and blah, 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 blah. And now everyone's saying that they're average and they're shit. Like, it's just the, it's the Celtics <laughs> media. They do something that's <laughs> average and people act like they're great and they do something that's good and people act like it's some all-time accomplishment. Like, and when it gets put into perspective, it's like, oh, well, eh, they're actually just okay or they're actually just slightly above average i mean they're i mean li- literally they're 14th in defensive rating and 15th in offensive rating so you couldn't be more <laughs> mediocre if you tried so you know it, it is what it is man Sorry. Um, but the thing with them yeah is that i'm um, they're really struggling in the fourth quarter um mm. i've been some mad stat i think they're 27th in terms of that net rating in the fourth quarter um it's like minus 7.5 so there's quite a few games where they're actually winning and they should really close out, but they just can't get the buckets in the end because they haven't many, like, like the, so who? And they've got um, Jalen Brown and Tatum as their ball handlers mm. and Kembo as well sometimes. He was having a good day. And like the rest of the team, they don't particularly um, cut well. They don't, they don't particularly have good shooters and like the offense just like, really dries up, especially when they get a double team as well. I mean, like, I'm Brown and Tatum, I'm bearing that now. But like, they're not at the level where you need him to be so that when Luke was getting double team yesterday, he's just a better player at making mm-hmm. the right plays in the bigger moments. And that's not to take anything away from them, but it's just to say, I don't think the Celtics really have um, the closing five that helps them win games. Um, I mean, so they've I, I, lost back to back close games. So it's, it's, exactly. what you're saying yeah. is it's spot on. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, I, I think that's part of the problem, to be honest. Is there anything that they can do in that regard in terms of like, like is there anyone in particular you think maybe they could trade for to get like someone who's more experienced at closing Pausing games us. and those sorts of? <laughs> <laughs> I would want to. I would want to see that happen just to see Yaz's reaction. Yeah, like, just just to see Yaz's reaction. <laughs> um. So yeah. So moving on to the Mavs. Um. Like you said, Greg, they are. Luca has kind of picked up a little bit and is helping this team to. To be okay, like they're not pulling up any trees in particular. Um, do you expect this Mavs team to do anything? Um, do you expect, if it, let's say in the scenario that KP gets fit and he plays to the end of the season, it's not going to happen, but let's say he does. Do you expect this Mavs team to, you know, make any waves? Um, it's kind of interesting. We've gone full circle back to the back to the start. We're talking about the Mavs again. Um, <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're ninth in the West. You know, a, a few weeks ago, they were near the bottom. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what, what they do in the second half of the season because I can't see any of the other teams letting up. 
Mm. So although they have made some improvements, I mean, I don't think they're they're a better team than the Warriors or the Nuggets or the Blazers because they're only going to get stronger when their you know injured injured players return. Yeah. Um, I think they can compete for one of those lower spots, yeah. um, and by compete, I mean probably finish just outside, probably in the ninth or tenth spot. Um, but no, I don't think there's anything that they can do in the short term uh, before the trade deadline closes that's going to push them over the edge. If I'm being honest. Mm. Any final thoughts? Do you think the Mavs can, can or will do anything this season? Anything of note? The only thing they can really hope for, really, is that KP gets back to a level um, of play where he was in the bubble, essentially. Yeah. Um, Which won't happen, but yeah. Yeah, probably not. So I think that's the only thing they can really hope for. Apart from that, um, yeah, they might have to... I'm not blow up next year, but just let them rethink about what they're doing. Mm. Isn't it weird, though? Because, like, okay, maybe maybe I'm projecting a little bit, but I feel like... At the start of the season, obviously, you know, Luca had his in the bubble. Luca had his game winner against the Clippers, blah, 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 whatever. Um, the start of the season, I feel like so many people were like, "Oh, this Mavs team got potential to be really good." Luca, yeah, yeah, yeah. The MVP. Yeah, I spoke about get, this a few weeks ago. You get to the few, a few months down the line, then the Mavs are just, you know, average. So it's disappointing. Yeah, and I think that it's they're uh, they're ninth in the West, but remember the Rockets have lost eight straight with Christian Wood out. Yeah. Um, the Kings have lost eight straight as well. Uh, I'm not sure what's going on with them. That's not a team that I that I dedicate a lot of time to. So, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this season, they're back in that 12th, 13th spot, if I'm being quite honest with you. Um, but again... I'm wrong, but sorry, just quickly. Didn't they have the number one offensive rating last year in the NBA? They did. They did, but they traded out for defence this year. Yeah. Yeah. Defence is not defencing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, with, with the way this season is going, you know, touch wood, Jokic and Curry could come down with COVID and be out for two weeks and, the, you know, the, wow, the Mavs could be, a, could be a top 16. <laughs> um, but I don't think that's going to happen. We'll see what, what happens at All-Star Weekend if, if, if Harden goes out to the, to the strip clubs and, and gives COVID to everybody. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. And uh, for the Mavs, I think it's going to be maybe this year and next year just wallowing in mediocrity. Yeah, um, and then we'll see what happens from there. Okay, cool. So, unless there's any final thoughts from the two of you, I'll bring this episode to a close. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Nee, for coming on. No worries, man. It's been good, man. Especially talk on catching up with you. I moved the game last night that we didn't discuss, but it's all right. It's fine. Sure, don't worry about that, man. I'm we'll the about... the Knicks, don't, but it's all right. Don't, don't worry, shush, man. No, <laughs> no one wants to talk. I've been told, just for everyone listening, yeah, I've been told specifically not to talk about the Knicks, yeah. So. <laughs> You can't be like, you can't pick and choose when you want me to talk about when my team's doing shit or not, yeah? We talk about them all the time or we don't talk about them at all. All right. So, for anyone listening, please follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Courtside Frackers. Mention at us, comment on the podcast. uh, Let us know any NBA-related opinions, anything you want to talk to us about. There's always someone in the account who is willing to have a discussion with you, no matter how ridiculous your shout may be. Um, So, yeah, um, thanks for listening to the episode and we'll see you next time. Podcast Network.